Welcome to Printing Profits. Want to know a major sign that your online store is turning into a trusted brand? When people talk about it, also known as word of mouth. It's the oldest and most effective marketing strategy in the world. People talking about stuff they like to other people. And how has the digital age taken that to the next level exactly? Well, I got one word for you. Influencers. Welcome to Printing Profits. I'm Talish Suffer. Wherever you spend your time on social media, odds are you've run into a creator that you can relate to. And if you're trying to learn about side hustles, selling on Etsy, or print-on-demand, odds are one of those creators is Michaela Peluso. She started her successful Etsy business less than two years ago and since then has reached almost half a million followers on TikTok alone. But aside from being a successful entrepreneur and teaching people how to make money online, she also knows a thing or two about working with influencers to promote a product. Michaela, thanks for chatting with us today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So we're here to talk about influencers. Obviously, you are one. But before we get into that, I want to ask you, uh, who are some of the influencers that you love and, and, and why do you love them? Well, I would say I love a lot of the lifestyle creators as well as the money niche. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tend to really gravitate towards a lot of the print-on-demand creators as well because they're in a community that I'm in as well. Yeah. So I really love Cassie Johnson, love, love Joe Cassie. Robert, yep. um, you know, people that all have to do with the things that I naturally watch and do for my job. So you uh, started an Etsy store and then you also started a TikTok account. So what came first? Was it the TikTok or the Etsy store? And uh, how did one lead to the other? Yeah, um, definitely started Etsy first. Mm. I never knew that I was going to be a content creator, an influencer. Wow, I really? lost my job and just started an Etsy shop and started different ways of making money online. And after a few months of it working, started to get questioned by people that I knew personally, like, hey, mm. what are you doing? What are you talking about? I was mainly talking about it to friends and on Snapchat. So that kind of gave me the idea to start creating content based around this. And especially with such a crazy time in the world, I felt that it was bringing value as well as something that was entertaining to watch. So you had zero experience in sort of like how to influence in this space. And basically you just got the feedback that encouraged you to do it more. Yes. I mean, I always had a vision of being on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Once I was you know, younger, I really, that was something that I always wanted to do, but I never knew how to, like, I never knew what I wanted to talk about. I never really had a topic, a niche. It was always just like me recording myself and never actually posting the video. Yeah. I mean, I think for most people, when it comes to influencers, you know, they, they can almost sniff out anything salesy almost immediately, um, especially if it's an ad. But uh, what makes influencer marketing in particular so effective at selling products without kind of sounding too salesy in that, you know, traditional context? Yes, I definitely think there is a strategy that's involved. Mm -hmm. I think that you do have to be aware of your audience, what they like. And when you're doing brand partnerships, or if you're a business that's partnering with an influencer, you have to understand that your brand needs to align mm. and you can't just be selling things or promoting something that that target audience is not going to be, you know, really responsive to. 
because they can judge that, right? Your audience knows whether or not you're being genuine, you know? For sure. I think, you know, if you follow someone for a long time, you start to get to know them in a sense. Mm. And you can a thousand percent tell when something is really trying to be sold versus just a natural like, hey, I use this product. I like it um, sort of thing. So when it comes to, you know, promoting your own products based on your personal experience, would you say working with an influencer would be a better way to promote your products than say running ads? I mean, which one would you start with? Yeah. So I've actually, see, it's funny because I feel I've worked on both sides of this, mm. right? So it's it's really something I like to talk about because I think that it's more effective right now to do gifted collabs and mm. work with influencers to have your product out there versus trying to go right off starting with ads. Can you explain what a gifted collab means? I've never heard that before. Of course. Yeah. So there's two types of collabs, typically a gifted collab versus a paid collab. A gifted collab is sending a influencer, a content creator, your product Mm -hmm. in hopes of they will feature it on their platforms. It's, you know, something that they're not guaranteed or that they have to do. It's just a, it's gift like, Hey, I think our brands align. Let me know what you think of this product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would you say then? influencers or ads? I would say influencers for the time being. Yeah, I would, because I think that unless you have experience with ads and really understanding how to target the correct audience with your ad, it's could be less effective versus using an influencer to benefit the both of you and showing them, Hey, here's a cool product. They already have the curated audience in front of them. So it's just kind of works for both people, in my opinion. What about from a, from a money context? I mean, I know mm-hmm. that if I'm an Etsy seller or, you know, I'm trying to get Facebook ads, I know that I can set a budget for that and then I can know whether or not, you know, that ad's doing well. I mean, obviously I've spent some money in the process um, to figure that out. But with influencers, I think the common fear is that, you know, it's a lot of money up front. Um, so how would, you know, what, how would you explain that to somebody who's just starting out saying, you know what, I know you want to spend money on those ads, but it's better spent on an influencer. Yeah. So I would, it's definitely, you're going to have to look at it either way as a business expense. Um, it is something that whether you're sending a product or you're paying for content, you are going to have to put money out there. Same Mm -hmm. with an ad. So I think it's just about having your own budget and understanding what, you know, maybe you're able to afford at that point. So if you have a few shop or products, if you have a few products in your shop, uh, you can think, hey, which of these would align with this influencer that I could send that aren't going to be super expensive? You know, be aware of where the influencer is located. Is that shipping going to be more? Are they going to have to pay? You know, just be aware of those things. First, yes, true. And ad, you can put a budget on it, but Mm -hmm. I do feel that you can put a budget on this as well and think, hey, I'm going to send four products to four different influencers in my niche and see if one of them is featured and, you know, just kind of go with it at that. You, you started to mention something that I was interested about there, which is some of the qualities that you should be looking for um, when you're trying to partner or work with an influencer. So um, to anybody who's not done this before, how would you go about picking the right influencer for your products? That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's really about, like I mentioned, you know, having the knowledge about your target audience and your niche. And so I think the most important part is picking the right influencer. And the best way to go about that is on your business account that you have, whether that's a TikTok or an Instagram, 
follow accounts in your niche, find mm-hmm. and start following accounts in your niche. Don't mass, you know, send out messages to, Hey, can I send you a product? Follow accounts and start to see what accounts are really aligning. Where do you see a product could fit from what that influencer is creating or posting? And then from there, you can start engaging with their content to make them aware of you. Because in personal experience, you know, from my own accounts, I see the people that engage with my content the most, you know, Mm. that leaves an imprint on me. And so that influencer is going to have a better chance of working with you or posting your, your gifted collab if they know that you're engaging with them. I was going to say, you know, sometimes I think the thing for me is if I like an influencer and I want to reach out, but it's so daunting because you don't know if they're paying attention to you at all. I think the truth is they are, especially the more that you engage, the more that they're going to pick up on you, you know? Yes. Can you, um, you've been an influencer, you've worked with products for a while. Uh, Let's talk about the process a little bit, because I think that, you know, there's this idea, okay, I have a product, I like you, I want you to sell it, but there's, there's content that has to be created from that yes. influencer's end. Um, what, what can we give to an influencer or how can we work with an influencer to make sure that they end up creating content that's going to do the best for my product? Or do you think there's like another aspect to it, which is just sort of like, let the influencer do their thing, you know? I think it can, can kind of go both ways. I think that especially when you're contacting a creator, I think some, you know, creative freedom is important because they know what they're doing for their audience. And that's a reason that you probably like and respond and relate to their content. So I think if there is something in specific, it should be communicated, especially if you are, you know, considering doing a paid collab with this influencer, you should absolutely let them know that what you're looking for up front mm. so that both people involved are aware and nobody's disappointed, you know, everyone's on the same page. So I think it's just important to communicate that. And that's why I think engaging and having that prior relationship um, can really help you in the long run because that influencer kind of has a respect for you already, a relationship with you already, and understands that you're aware of their skill and want to work with them. Now, you've been an Etsy seller uh, for a bit too, which I've mentioned before. And I know that part of being an Etsy seller or having any online store is understanding where the majority of your traffic is coming from. Now, mm-hmm. I, I had this situation, I was talking to a seller the other day where they where they said something interesting. They said, okay, I really like an influencer who I know is going to do really well for my space, but they're on this platform. But I'm seeing that the traffic that's coming to my store is coming from another platform. So is it still worth it, in your opinion, to go after that influencer or kind of try to find influencers um, on the platform that they're getting most of their traffic from? Uh, That's a really great question. I think... um You should always follow where your traffic is coming from. Analytics don't lie. Mm. You know, depending on the platform that your content or that you're creating, posting about is responding to, that's has to do with your target audience for the products that you're selling. So I think that's important, Mm -hmm. but um, I wouldn't discard it. You could always go a UGC option as well and Mm -hmm. ask the creator to make content that you have the rights to post on that platform. Um, Or you could also just try it out and see if that influencer is on the other platform. Maybe they're not as big on that platform, but you see that it's, you know, generating the clicks. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a few ways that you could try it out. Um, But I think when working with influencers, you have to be open. Your mindset has to be aware that you're going to have to try it and see what works a little bit. 
I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know the influencer space or working with influencers, are there any misconceptions that you deal with commonly when working with a client or that you hear from other influencers that you wish people knew before they reached out to an influencer? I would say that people can sometimes assume that results are going to happen quickly. Mm, I think that's for anyone and anything. Um, We live in such a fast paced, uh, instant gratification society, right? So it's people want things right now, right away. Um, And I think that with influencer marketing, sometimes people think that immediately after a post is done that they're going to get a thousand sales or they're going to get a hundred clicks and it takes time. The algorithms take time sometimes. Um, and sometimes as well, another thing is with a gifted collab, if you send an influence or something and they don't post it right away, it doesn't mean that they're not going to post it. It might right. just not align with that content that they're working on right now, because most of us do have, um, schedules and strategies that we use. So I would say the biggest thing though, is just that expectation of sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a little longer and just to be patient and understand that we're all, you know, kind of in this together and learning these algorithms. So then to your point, uh, how would you advise uh, a new seller who's partnered with an influencer? Like, what would you say are some metrics they they should use to learn if a collaboration is working for them? Because I know that you said like, all right, you're not going to see results right away. So then what should I be looking for then to know if, you know, the, this collaboration that I'm doing is working? Yeah, I think that one of the best ways to do it is offer a code. Mm. Um, that is specifically to that influencer, especially if you are giving them, you know, if you're doing a paid partnership, you definitely want to be able to track that for sure. So I would definitely recommend giving a code because not only does that excite the influencer of, Hey, I can offer a code, but it also excites the viewer and a potential customer of having, you know, kind of something else to give them a reason to go to that product. And then you have a way of tracking it mm-hmm. on your Etsy shop, on your Shopify store of where that code came from. So, you know, having their name in the code and the percentage like Mac 10, you know, something like that, that is, you're going to remember who it came from. And then you can kind of see, yeah. uh, you can also ask sometimes to see how many clicks was given. I wouldn't work with multiple influencers at a time when you're first starting out, because then you can't really tell, like, let's say it's coming from TikTok. Yeah. There may not be a way that you can tell where exactly those clicks are coming from, or if it's from someone's personal business, right? So I would just try to gauge and do it a few at a time while also doing other marketing strategies on your own, just to kind of see what happens. And, you know, tagging influencers, just being engaging in the community for your niche, I think is just important. Um, you you touched on this just now, but one of the things that makes your experience um, very unique is that you're both an influencer and also a seller yourself. Um, so being an influencer, what do you think sellers can take away from that uh, and apply those same influencer principles in their own marketing? How, what can they do and, and how can they apply it specifically? Yeah, I think it's, you know, like I was mentioning, it's kind of learning together and seeing what works. So, Mm -hmm. you know, your niche, you know, your brand, especially when you're starting out, you should have a good idea of that, um, of who exactly you're selling to. So when you go into the 
influencer side, you can kind of take note of the types of content that they're making. You know, are they showing products in a unique way? Is there trends that they're hopping on that you can create and make for yourself as well? You know, just not copying, but taking inspiration from what's working for them, because then it even further aligns your brand with their content as well. I know that uh, it's funny. I was talking to somebody about this recently about um, this whole idea of how copycat stores can often pop up on Etsy because sellers do so much trend research and they're looking at the same pictures again and again that subconsciously you end up creating the same thing. Have you ever been in a situation where uh, you as an influencer have created a certain type of content or video to promote something and then you found that maybe somebody else did the exact same thing? Is that Does that ever happen with, with, uh, with influencers? All the time. Yeah? <laughs> All the time. Yeah. I, I used to get upset at first, yeah. um, but I learned, you know, as I grow and as the platform continues to take it as flattery, because if it's working (laughs) for me, someone wants to use it as well. And I encourage them too. But yes, you know, I've had a few incidents that have just been mind blowing to me that I'm like, (laughs) that's literally my video. My hand is in the video, you know, just crazy stuff. They used your exact video? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I have hand tattoos, so it's like it's literally my hand. <laughs> but yeah. Do you ever message them to sort of get in touch and be like, hey, by the way, I did I this did, and I know yeah. what you're doing? Um, for I think there's a like a pretty fine line. Yeah. Um, maybe not even a fine line, honestly, but just almost like a respect that you have to have as a creator to not steal content. Mm. You know, obviously if you're creating in a similar way, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's to the point where you're downloading someone's video and reposting it, that's just illegal. (laughs) Like we can't do that. And that was what happened to me. So that was when I did say something. (laughs) Um, Before I let you go here, can you give us an example of a collaboration you did that you're really proud of and and what made it so special? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. (laughs) You know, not even because I'm on the Printify podcast, but I think recently when I did come to Riga. Oh, for Amplified, yeah. For Amplified. um, I thought that was just such an amazing thing to be featured in. I was truly something that not only excited me and excited my, you know, everyone that follows me, but it was just more of like a wow how did I get here from just being the girl, like sitting on my laptop, trying to figure out print on demand, you know? So I think that was a really great um, thing for me. And it just really solidified everything that I've done. So it was a really great honor. And it was really cool because like you said earlier, some of the influencers that you mentioned, they were all there. I mean, how surreal was that kind of being in the same room with all these people in the same space that you make your content about? It was so amazing. And I think that something that's not talked about in the space enough is how lonely it can actually get Mm. being on the online space because we're talking to our phones, you know, and we're engaging, but we're not actually meeting in person. So I thought it was really, really cool to see people that do the same things as me. You know, they're all entrepreneurs through print on demand. And it was something that we could all relate to. And also, you know, people that are working in the influencer community as well. So it was really cool. Well, definitely. Hey, if you want to check out uh, the talks that Michaela gave during Amplified, go over to our YouTube channel. You'll see all of them there, and that's where you'll see Michaela as well. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. This is Printing Profits. (music) 
Hey folks, thanks again for listening to Printing Profits. We'd like to thank Michaela for sharing her story with us today and at the same time introduce you to the talented team behind this program. Executive producer, Laura Gelvite, Associate producers, Anita Njoki and Amalia Schwarzkopfa. Technical and video production, Emil Siasens and Valerius Olechno. Sound production, Christers Hartmanis. And I'm Talish Suffer. See you next time.